Welcome everyone to this week's really big fan pod. We're getting right into it this week. I'm your host, Chizark, joined by my wife, Acronym. Hello. And, uh, headlights. Really? <laughs> well, we did do all of our banter before that. Do I need to cut the banter and move it over? Put it into the, yeah. And then, the show. and headlines. <laughs> and you didn't even... Headlines. There, now we can start. I love today. Yeah. Already, because it's one of those days where you wake up and you check the internet and... It gives you a bunch of stuff to look forward to. Yeah. I love those days. <laughs> it always seems to happen like a bunch of stuff on the same day, too. It's never like one and then tomorrow is another one. And then it's always like two or three things. Bang. I honestly think that they do that on purpose. It's like they find out that there's an announcement coming and then they're like, I'm going to put an announcement on top of the announcement because my announcement's better. I and then they're all know. the same day. I know festivals do that. Yeah, well, yeah. Festivals, it's like when they find out Coachella's dropping, everyone else drops their lineup like the same day or the day before. Right. Because they're like, oh shit, we got to get it out there before they start talking about Coachella. (laughs) Or, oh shit, they're talking about Coachella, well, we're going to get festival. Yeah. And that'll trigger it. It's all SEO. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Way to ruin it. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, we could just rewind. Well, anyways... Uh, woke up this morning, looked at Twitter, and found out Scott Pilgrim the Anime starts in November Woo! on Netflix. They've got the teaser trailer up. It is November 19th, I think. So it, or 17th. So it looks like they're still including stuff that actually happened in the movie. Yeah. But then putting more around it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because there was stuff that um, the movie came out before the last book came out, so the endings were different. Um, but there was also a bunch of other plots and some other characters, too, which will be interesting to see who gets cast as those other characters yeah. to join all of the crew that's going to be in this, you know, from the original movie. I remember seeing there was like a fight in the library, which yep. wasn't in the movie. So yep. it's like that's what really went, wait a minute, that didn't happen. But I saw Matthew Patel. Yeah. So <laughs> the, whole, uh, the whole fight with the um, the ninja girl. Is co- is completely different. That story arc is completely different in the comics, and mm-hmm. I would imagine will be in the uh, anime. Yeah. Well, yeah, it looks very exciting, looks very cool. And uh, the other thing I saw before I sat down in here is that the downloadable content for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge game, mm-hmm. which will include, uh, will bring Yusagi Ojimbo and Karai to the game as playable characters as well as give you a whole bunch of skins for the turtles like black and white skins and then skins from other comics and cartoons uh that hits august 30th cool so it gives us an excuse to go back and play that game some more i have no clue who those other characters are yusagi ojimbo is the rabbit samurai that was created by stan sakai Mm. um and um had a couple of crossovers with the turtles and karai is in some continuities, the daughter of Shredder, but she takes over the Foot Clan once the Shredder is gone. Hmm. And she's more of an anti-hero. She tried, kind of takes him legit. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. More characters to play. And like I said, more reasons to go through that game again. Like, Interesting. Blast. Yeah, one for you. Fairly short. If you've seen anything happening with Kiki Palmer lately, you will know that her uh, her baby daddy had a fit when Usher sang to her at a concert in Vegas. Okay. I don't know if this came across at all. He got close to her. He obviously put his arm around her. He was serenading her. You know, like Elvis used to do with the freaking scars, right? He had a fit. You shouldn't be doing that. Like, like, 
acting all like you can't hug Usher. You can't be serenaded by Usher. That's going against me. He's feeling threatened. Yeah. And of course, a lot of the, the male population of the Internet felt the same way and felt he was in the right. Boo. The uh, then don't go to an Usher show. Fast forward. Well, he wasn't there. So that was the other thing. She right. Well, don't let. And looked hot without him. Yeah. When your girl says I'm going to see Usher, then then get in that fight right there and that, so she can break up with you and go see fucking Usher. Yeah. Well, fast forward to now because that happened a bit back. Um, he released his album artwork or single artwork for his song "Boyfriend," and Kiki Palmer is on the front cover, <laughs> and she's also in the music video, I'm- and she's laying in bed. <laughs> baby daddy not know all this stuff happened like that was a job that she took and went and did oh no she did this after the fact like there this happened the thing with the concert probably happened like three to four weeks ago okay probably capitalized on that opportunity and said hey do you want to be in this video do you want to be on the thing and then did it Uh, so it's either that or she already filmed this stuff and then went to the concert and then this drama happened so now he says he's going to become an actor and he's moved on. And she, there is a clip. They're not is, together anymore. No, they broke up oh, right after that happened. Good for her. Fuck that guy. Yeah. They, right after that happened and he threw a tantrum and was blasting her online. She did not take it whatsoever. No. So she, there is a clip that was uploaded from a part of the video where she sees her phone and she looks at it and she's like, oh. Oh, I missed the show. I'm like, and she's talking to somebody on the phone. She goes, I'm just so tired. I mean, after all, I'm a mother. <laughs> so uh, I I am on Kiki Palmer's side. Same here. Many people are not, but I'm like, that dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, fuck, that dude can fuck off forever. Yeah. Like, whenever, Kiki Palmer's a badass. The reason he you... wants an acting career is so he can bone other ladies and try and make her jealous. Yeah, yeah. Or... He's always going to be Kiki Palmer's ex. Yep. It, it, look at, you know, Britney Spears' ex, Kevin Federline. Always going to be Britney Spears' ex. Tell yourself, Lucky, that you were not watching wrestling when Kevin Federline... Ew. Was with yeah. John Cena for like a hot minute. Off. It was the worst. Yeah. I mean, that guy has zero talent other than taking Britney's money. So that's a whole nother story. <laughs> the So we talked last week about uh, Across the Spider-Verse is out on uh, streaming services. You can, you can rent it yes. so far. It's not on a streaming service where you you know pay your subscription and you can just watch it as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are finding that there are more changes in the uh, across the Spider Verse on the thing, there are lines that he were either added or taken out of uh, of it too. And the reason for that, according to um, one of the guys that worked on it, uh, Chris Miller, is that you know they were obviously working on it right up to release, mm-hmm. and he said that within those few weeks between like it getting approved for release and then releasing it, the team would continue to come up with things that made the the movie more interesting or or you know lend like change the dynamic of a whole scene so that's why they continue to add things which is also why there were different versions of it showing up in theaters is because people were getting like different cuts of it and now this is the home cut the home, right. home video cut that's so weird though because it's like if you liked the movie and then you get it at home and then it changes you're like uh right <laughs> One of the ones is when uh, Miles uh, says he's going to do his own thing in the at the theater. He also said, "I'm going home." 
And that is that the line, I'm going home, is cut from the home version. Weird. Because I'm going to do my own thing is like, that's a great. Yeah. That if you just left it. Yeah. If you just left it like that. Absolutely. Somebody at IGN uh, pointed out in a TikTok is that uh, the, the alternate universe's Miles braids are longer. Weird. For whatever reason. That's it. It's like the whole thing is just becoming an unreliable narrator. Yeah, exactly. Like every time you watch the movie now, you're going to be like, I was there the whole time, right? I already have that problem with other things where I feel like somebody tells me, well, that was never changed, even though I thought it changed. And I'm like, I feel like I'm being gaslit right now. I know what conversation you're talking about. That's why I'm laughing. Yes, I can't talk about that conversation yet, but it happened. Right. Uh, Randall Park, uh, who you know from... Uh, the office. The office. He was. He was. Chi- uh, uh, Jason Jim. Yep. Um. Obviously, he was in the. Uh, he was in the Ant-Man movies stuff. Yeah. Yep. He's all through that. Anyway, he says that Hollywood keeps taking the wrong lessons from successful films. Yep. I love this quote. For example, Barbie is a massive blockbuster, and the idea is make more movies about toys. No, make more movies by and about women. Right. I'm just letting everyone know that I'm a Randall Park stand. That's all it is. Randall Park is pretty great. He's pretty great. He's that pretty great dude. that one movie that we watched that was with um, Keanu. Yeah, with Keanu when he walks. In. Amazing. Yes, so, exactly. So fun. Yeah, and uh, at, at the same time though, I'm I'm all for more movies about toys. I want to see the Stretch Armstrong movie. <laughs> I want to see the uh, the movie about Jax. Well, he's pointing it out because after. The movie did such gangbusters. Mattel was like, we're going to make all these movies now. And it's like, no. It's the same thing Hasbro did when Transformers hit. They're like, make a battleship movie. Quick, get that G.I. Joe movie out there. Yeah, it's going to end up being one of those things, I'm sure, again, after we watch the last Transformers movie with the ending. Which one? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still trying to be vague about it because I'm still thinking that people haven't seen it yet. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to the Mattel uh, cinematic universe. Oh, geez, I'm not. Where they figure out a way to make the old Star Wars figures uh, canon with Barbie. Oh God. <laughs> Meaning <laughs> that the original Star Wars movies are now part of the Mattel cinematic universe, whether they want to be or not. The only way I will accept that as part of it is if Harrison Ford voices the Han Solo doll. That would be funny. And it's just like a crotchety old man. I wonder if Harrison Ford, he has done voice work and how much, because it's one of those things like Bill Murray did the voice work for Garfield. Uh-huh. And then somebody asked him about it in an interview. He's like, yeah, I'm never going to be in front of a camera again. <laughs> oh, much easier. Yeah. Actually, Harrison Ford was also in the news real quick because they named a snake after him, I think. Yeah, it was a he it says Harrison Ford's legacy continues to grow in the animal kingdom with a new species of the snake. The I can't even say it. Ty Ty Cockmendius Harrison Fordy. Come on, Tony. Tell us how we said that word. Yeah, right. Cockmendius. Yep. Named for the heiress. Yeah. And he said, the scientists keep naming critters after me. But it's always the ones that terrify children. I don't understand. I spend my free time cross-stitching. I sing lullabies to my basil plants so they won't fear the night. (laughs) I love Harrison Ford so much. So uh, the last story I've got for you is uh, about Robert Kirkman, who um, dropped the trailer for the next season of Invincible about a month ago at Comic-Con. And it's got a whole bunch of new voices in it. But one of the voices in particular he talked about in an interview was Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, 
uh, and said in an interview, working with Peter Cullen was a huge test for my professionalism. Just flat out every fiber of my being was asking, was screaming, don't ask him about Optimus Prime. Don't talk about Optimus Prime. What are you doing? Just be a professional. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. That does kind of lead into what we were, what our interview is about, where yes. um, we had a conversation. I'll let you guys just see that. Yeah. But I got two more things real quick for you today. All right. Um, Taking Back Sunday did a backyard concert in Long Island. All right. And that's like cool. where they're from. But like the footage is insane because they're just on someone's back deck. Yeah. And people are crowd surfing and stuff. And I'm like, man, I would give my left hit to be there. <laughs> so there's one thing. My my second one is they have finally pulled the trigger and pull or rather her contract expired. Lacey Evans is officially gone from the WWE and I'm going to have a party to celebrate and that party is me posting on every single alert about it that she is not limitless Macy. The only limitless person is Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. And I am going to badger everyone. Yeah. <laughs> because fuck her. That's mean. Someone's out of a job. <laughs> no, she's happy about it. She's going to go and oh, okay. meet Wester. She's her. She's bragging. Yeah. She's totally bragging online about it and sticking her whole ass out. So, you know, like, let let her go do that. And I'm like, See ya. Has not been on my television in so long? No, more people have seen her in catering. I remember I didn't like her, but, you know, I also have forgotten the exact reasons, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Well, and then we've apparently Ronda Rousey's out, too, so. Yeah, well. That's where that clip is circulating of New Jack going, two less, we got to worry about. I knew that because I knew you didn't like either of those ladies and you love New Jack. <laughs> yeah, I retweeted it prior to that, so you probably shared it to me from me. Because <laughs> I was like, in context, he's talking about O.J. Simpson killing people. Right. But in this particular context, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but our interview today is with Chris Brown, owner of Comics and More in Madison Heights, because he's a huge fan of the Bill and Ted franchise, as am I. And uh, we're hoping to turn you into a big fan of the Bill and Ted franchise before today is over. So we'll be right back with that interview here on the Really Big Fan Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Big Fan Pod. It is Chizuk and Acronym hanging out in the studio, and I'm super psyched because this week we are talking to owner of Madison Heights comic book store Comics and More and giant fan of Bill and Ted, the franchise about uh, two surfer dudes that uh, travel in time in a phone booth. I'm talking about Mr. Chris Brown. Welcome to the show, Chris. I'm glad to be here. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you are an absolute joy to talk to. In fact, I've come to your store and uh, talked to you nearly from open to close. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy it, though. I always yes. enjoy our talks. Now we're recording them for everyone else to hear. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully we can be just as entertaining now as we are in public. <laughs> Well, um, we're our only audience, so I know we're entertaining to us. We'll just, you know, everyone else will have to go with it. It's true. I feel like most of our friends that listen to this at this point are on the same page, so we're all good. <laughs> yeah, our our audience is in, like, the double digits, and all of them just, like, hanging out with us. So we're just trying awesome. to introduce every, all of our friends to all of our other friends via this podcast. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i got to talk to you and i was like hey do you want to be on the podcast and you said yeah what do you want to talk about and you gave me three things and i thought that this was probably the subject that the three of us would have the most to discuss and that is the 
Bill and Ted franchise. Why don't you uh, get our listeners up to speed? Where did you first meet Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and Ted Theodore Logan? So this this story is awesome. I, I love telling this story. It goes back. So the movie came out in 1989. So we're going to have to go back to 1988 where I'm a 12-year-old kid. Um, the Universal Mall uh, was having this thing. It was the it was winter. It had to have been like November. I believe it was cold out. Um, I assumed I was going to run into other friends. My parents dropped me off at the mall where they are doing some kind of Nickelodeon promotion with Tone Loaf. So all of these children are running around the mall to see Tone Loaf. Now, the reason I remember it was winter is because he never showed up. His plane didn't make it. There was some kind of weather issue. He wasn't there. I do remember at some point, however, um, running into two girls that I'd gone to elementary school with, uh, Jenny Jajuga and Connie Farley. Wow. And at some point, I don't remember which one of these girls reached into the fudge that was provided by the Double Dare people. And smacked me across the face. <laughs> so boy, am I glad that we didn't live in a time with cell phones when a 12-year-old, you know, uh, Chris Brown had pictures essentially in blackface at a Tone Loke concert. Oh, geez. So really, really glad that didn't happen. I had to run to the, the bathroom to wipe fudge off of my face. But at some point in time, I have to call my parents to come pick me up. And there was some local movie promotion that walks with these posters and sets them down on a trash can lid and walks away from them oh my god what is this who are these two dudes in this phone booth what on earth is happening and i grabbed one i rolled it up and you couldn't look these things up online there was no way to see a trailer or anything so the first time i ever it was this like i said back in 1988 when you could just drop the 12 year old off at the mall Nobody cared. It's fine. They're going to see Tone Loke. It's fucking cold Medina. Who could be harmed possibly by any of this? So rolled that poster up and I had it hanging on my wall in my childhood bedroom forever. Um, I did at some point ask my mom if it was still there. She's like, oh, honey, I think we threw that thing out. I'm like, <laughs> but yeah. And then when the movie finally came out, you know, of course, all the, the trailers were on television and you've got this uh, shot of Abraham Lincoln going, party on, dudes. Yeah. And it, and it was the coolest thing ever to me because it is last time you were in the store, Chuck, Chazuck, we were talking about uh, the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And my favorite was always uh, Michelangelo because of the dudular aspects. Sure. So Bill and Ted sort of boiled it down into kind of a more relatable thing than a turtle. It was like two knuckleheads. Well, I could relate to knuckleheads for <laughs> sure. <laughs> and they're bad at history. And, you know, they're not, they're not doing so, so well in high school. That can be relatable. Well, history was actually one of my favorite topics, which is part of why it was that that then became so appealing to me, is they're traveling through history and finding out all this stuff. Again, it was kind of like the knucklehead version of of, uh, Indiana Jones, except instead of excavating things from the present that were the past, even though it was the past us while we were watching it, they're literally just going and exploring these things and have no idea what they're and I absolutely just that completely appealed to younger me and old me. So when it was in the theater, did you just go and see it the one time or did you go multiple times back to see it again? So now when it came out, I would have been 13. So not necessarily now movies were a lot cheaper then, but you also sure. only had some butt. So a movie is like a comic books. Um, so I believe I only saw that one in the theater once because I if I'm also not mistaken I believe the first movie that I ever saw in the theater more than once was Buffy the Vampire Slayer wow that was also a fave loved that one by that one I think <laughs> I was 
15 or 16. But uh, yeah, I only saw Bill and Ted uh, once in the theater, saw Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey once in the theater. But I do remember, oh, geez, I, I want everything to be 10 years ago, but sadly it's not. So it's yeah. probably closer to 15, 18 years ago. I remember being out uh, Saturday night out at the bar with some friends, one of uh, them being Steve Tuthill from The Beggars. And I don't know if you're familiar with the local band, The Beggars. So we were sitting there having a couple drinks and it's getting to be uh, about 11, 11 o'clock. And I looked at my watch and said, you know what? I think I'm going to get out of here because they're doing a midnight screening of Bill and Ted at the Birmingham 8. Nice. And, and Steve and our, and our other buddy, uh, Eric Folkrod, look at us. We're like, let's go. <laughs> Cash out and go off to the movie theater to, to see a midnight screening of Bill and Ted, which was just awesome. So I think I've only seen it on the big screen twice. That's funny Maybe because first I time think, and then the, the the midnight revival. That's fun because I think the only movie that I've I've seen like that is like Scott Pilgrim. I saw it when it came out in the theaters, and then when they would play it at other you know at bars or something like that, I'm like I'm gonna go watch Scott Pilgrim again. Hell yeah! I saw it awesome. four times in the theater. Oh, nice! <laughs> wow, is that the nice. movie? That's the most that's, that's the ever most happened. The most. I think the, then after that, it's only like doubles. Yeah. Like Jamie and I went and saw No Way Home after I went and saw it with you. Right. And stuff like that. But like, for some reason, my mom took me to see Shrek multiple times because it was so funny. Then like, we all thought it was funny. So it was like, she's like, let's go. Let's go see Shrek again. We go for like a matinee or something. And I'm like, then I got waterboarded with it when I worked at a gym where kids played it. Sure. Over and over. I'm like, you don't even understand jokes. <laughs> this first playing it over and over. Yeah. If you come in comics and more and it's on any, you know, one of the streaming channels, it's probably playing over and over and over. Yep. <laughs> so what is like, you've seen some of the Bill and Ted movies, haven't you? So we had this discussion because he had said like, oh yeah, we're going to do Bill and Ted. And I was like, you do realize the only Bill and Ted I've seen is the the reboot version that they the just did one. that has Kid Cudi in it. And he, right. You see the original Bill and Ted? I'm like, no, it came out really? when I was, I was born in 1988, you guys. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, like that one didn't hit me at all at any point. But when you were talking about the historical aspect, my brain went right to National Treasure because that's why I liked National Treasure was there was so much historical fact in it. Right. And Nick Cage. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> this is a I also like Nick Nash. Cage household. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage is a little weird, but I, I do really enjoy the National Treasure movies. Yeah, those are really good. I had felt like all of the historical stuff, like even just the um, section where they were kind of talking about the dollar and how it like daylight savings time and stuff like just stuff like that you wouldn't know. So I would assume that like with Bill and Ted, there's stuff that you learned from it sneakily. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know his name was pronounced so great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's that, that's not correct. I learned that. <laughs> All of the historical inaccuracies actually do more to encourage the things you already know. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite scenes. So there, there's a couple of things that I that I think do that. One of my favorite ones, absolute favorite, is there's a moment when before they have to give their speech, they take all these historical figures to the mall, and of course they get in trouble. They end up in jail. That plays further into the the story. They have to get them from jail and, and get them to this uh, to to the the, the speech. So uh, Billy the Kid and Socrates are talking to two young girls in the mall. Well, 
Sigmund Freud comes up and starts just being, you know, very serious about everything. And, and the women are laughing at him. As they're laughing at him, he's holding a car dog and it droops as they're laughing at it. So if you but, know anything about Freud, that's funny. That's if so subtle. Yep. So great. That up. There's so many subtle things. There's the scene when they're giving the speech and they're talking to uh, Napoleon. And Napoleon's laying out his whole battle plan. And Ted says, I don't think it's going to work. And <laughs> well, this, this thing on there and wipes all the pieces off the board. And I think that's fantastic because, of course, it didn't work. We know that it didn't work. Right. And so whether or not it's teaching you history sneakily, I think it's enforcing the things that you know and making you sort of chuckle and think a little harder about it. Even if you were maybe only middle of the road history student, I think there are things in there that you're like, oh, like, oh, uh, what do they say about uh, 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 Joan of Arc? She's Noah's wife. Yeah. And of course, you know that that's not like, what? (laughs) It's two completely different time periods. Right. Yes. Like, huh? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I, I absolutely love love those movies. And one thing that um, kind of sticks out to me that I kind of wanted to mention that I think was was really fun is I read a, a story years ago where people are, are kind of misunderstood, right? Where people, uh, you know, a celebrity might encounter some people and say, hey, and they're like, whatever, old man, you don't know anything. So Ed Solomon tells this story, who was one of the creators of, of Bill and Ted. He tells a story where he's in a restaurant in LA and there's two people arguing about the origins of men in black which he also co-wrote the movie. And he just kind of stands up and leans in and says, if you want clarification, I can actually explain that to you. And they essentially give him the whole, whatever, old man, and off he goes. <laughs> and he, he tells this story now. And all I can think of, the minute, I probably would have been, okay, what do you know? Well, I'm Ed Solomon. The Men in Black discussion would have been over. I'd have been like, I don't even care about Men in Black anymore. So you created Bill and Ted, huh? <laughs> the part of an improv class, talk to me. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of kind of funny. Like, oh man, can you imagine having Ed Solomon in front of you trying to talk to you about Men in Black? I wouldn't even care. Like, yeah, no, thank you, sir. I'd like to talk about something else. So Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the first movie, obviously, uh, as as we just discussed, came to you at a very formative time. But then they did the Bogus Journey movie in like '91, and then just recently, in the last couple of years, they did Bill and Ted Face the Music. What would you say is Excellent Adventure still your favorite one? So, Excellent Adventure is absolutely my favorite. I think they're in order, right? So, it's I like them first, the second, and the third. I like them in exactly that order. The The first one to me is just so... You can almost never be better than the first because you wouldn't have had the sequel without the first. There's, sure. there's inherent value in that. And that first one just hit me, as you said, at that formative age. But then the second one, still only 15. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's still all of that stuff was just so hilarious to me and um so did you ever end up seeing the bill and ted movies or you're just cold on this you only saw the third one yeah i only saw face the music so i there was like things that i probably was asking in the middle of it i was like so is this fun was like doctor who like is this how this works like no certainly like stuff like that i'm like is this like american doctor who but funnier you know (laughs) like but i don't know much else (laughs) <laughs> I don't think the phone booth was by happenstance. I mean, I think there was probably certainly something to that for sure. Right. But yeah, there's the second one, like I say, in the way it kind of hit me, there's um, uh, there's two alien creatures in that that end yep. up being big hero station is who they are. And when they meet them, they're playing a game of charades with Albert Einstein. And the answer is 
Smokey and the Bandit 3. Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Which is generally my answer to most things when people are like, hey, what was that? Smokey and the Bandit 3. <laughs> yes. All of those things just totally hit me. Um, Part of one of the reasons that I don't really like Avengers Endgame is they look me dead in the eye and say, all time travel movies are, are bullshit. And first of all, you cannot look me in the face and say that the Back to the Future logic of time travel doesn't work. And then do something so incredibly stupid as to take gems that you're going to put back, but you can't because you broke the gems open and turned them into something else. You could have just ignored it and said, this is how it works, like Bill and Ted. So when this is all figured out, we'll go back in time and steal my dad's keys and we'll put them right here. Right. Oh, I did steal my dad's keys. <laughs> that works for me because you're just saying it does. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think those movies are just so fun and they buy into the things that they're doing. Even in Galtad's Bogus Journey, they yeah. they go to heaven and hell. Like they're, you know, they're, they're doing the whole thing with, uh, with death. And instead of playing chess, they're playing Twister. You know, what? what is that Godard movie with the seventh seal? Like, right? Like they're parodying right. the seventh seal for crying out loud. By the time we get to the third movie, which is the only one you've seen, some of the things that I love about that is had they made that movie 15, 20 years earlier, it wouldn't be this. Yeah. yeah. But it has to be this because it's where we're at now. And there's a moment in that movie where you have current head. They go into the future to see if those guys wrote the song. And he's looking at old man Ted, essentially like on his deathbed. And old man Ted says, you know, Ted, I feel like I never really got to know you. Well, Ted, that was kind of my fault. What? You're <laughs> watching Ted have an existential crisis. Their whole lives, they had been told that they are going to shape the future by writing this song. And then they don't. Except they did. We saw them do it at the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. But they're never right. going to see the future that they create actualized, right? We're not going to see that happen. So they're left with feeling like they never accomplished anything in this life. They had one purpose that they're never going to see. And there's this complete existential dread for Bill and Ted of all things. For sure. And I, I actually, wow. I, I liked how that movie wrapped up with that. Like not, it's not necessarily them, but possibly their offspring that end up shaping the future and how important that is. And I thought that that was a fun, like, I don't know that I need another Bill and Ted movie with like the daughters but I thought it was a nice way to put a bow on the whole franchise. I agree. And I, so I'm still of the opinion though, that they solved the first issue. They did write the song. I mean, for crying out loud, they, as Kiss, they did a cover of Striper's God Gave Rock and Roll to You. I, yeah, that's what and, I was going to say. It just happened to be God Gave, gave Rock and Roll to You. <laughs> it, well, amazing. And the, the whole thing, like for crying out loud, they, they united the world. They were on every single uh, television station because of, uh, Denomalos, Chuck Denomalos, yeah. who was Rufus's gym teacher. Um, they they did write a song, but something went wrong with time and space, which was probably also their fault because they were traveling through time when they should have been in the first place. Right. So I, we need an, we need another song. We need another song to rectify time and space. I, can't I thought it was to, a beautiful progression. I can't wait to show you the first two movies. <laughs> the The second movie, it's funny because the second movie hit me at a very formidable, uh, formidable age. Uh, I think I was like 16 or 17 when that movie came out. I remember that was like the summer I discovered MTV and they had okay. a whole special about Bill and Ted. And they were playing the trailers and I got to see Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves doing interviews and stuff. And they had a concert and like the 
the soundtrack comes out and it's got Primus and uh, Megadeth and uh, Faith No More on it. And it was just like, wow, rock and roll. This is, I, I like this stuff. This is great. And it was very similar to what you were saying too, is like, they talk like Michelangelo. So like, all right, it's something I can relate to. This is fun. Did you ever, um, did, did you d- develop a love for some of the actors or actresses that were in the Bill and Ted movies, like Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, because of Bill and Ted? Oh, absolutely. Yes. In in every single way. Absolutely. Um, There was, uh, I, I've been going to explore Freaked, right? Which is Alex Winter movie. I've got to yep. find that. You know, certainly would watch anything that, that Keanu Reeves was in. Didn't realize that I had actually had a crush on one of the princess babes for years before I had seen that. So can you name anything else that one of the princess babes was in? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't recall because I don't remember the, who those one two of, actresses were. One of those princess babes is the French foreign exchange student from Better Off Dead. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, now I can place it in my head. Holy shit! <laughs> I so I had so much love for Better Off Dead as a kid because it was on cable all the time. So I've yeah. seen that. I could act that movie out as a one man stage play. Um, <laughs> and then you get to uh, Bill and Ted never put together that it was necessarily the same girl just she was one of the princess babes like again yeah. i was very like ready to buy into everything that happened in that movie like that that really is a historical uh feature like that all of that stuff is, is history it's fact <laughs> they went back and they they uh found two princes and they saved them from royal uh, absolutely absolutely um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is uh, when it comes to time travel stories, had you experienced time travel stories before Bill and Ted or was that your introduction? Uh, well, Back to the Future, right? Okay. Back to the Future yep. would have been before that because that's what, 85? Yep. So certainly Back to the Future, um, my grandma would, grandma showed me all kinds of strange things when I was a child and she would wake me up in the middle of the night to watch Twilight Zone with her uh, and because okay. she didn't like to watch them by herself. And one of the things that I remember her waking me up to watch and I was a little, little kid, was a movie called Time After Time. H.G. Wells it. creates the time machine. They accidentally go back in time and bring uh, Jack the Ripper to modern day New York. Oh, it wow. stars Malcolm McDowell and Mary Steenburgen. Dang, ABC that tried awesome. to do an invitation on television about five years ago, and I don't think anybody watched it, but the original movie was incredible. But yeah, I've, I've always kind of loved time travel movies. I find yeah. them absolutely fascinating. Although I don't actually believe in time travel because the minute time travel exists, it exists everywhere. Right. And everybody will fuck it up. Yeah. (laughs) We can't have nice things. Right. So we can't have time travel. Well, there's no way that time travel can exist because if it it is, let's say it's created in the year 3507. Someone from the year 3515 would have already been here. Right. We'd have, we'd, this would already been figured out. We'd already figured this whole damn thing out. Well, we certainly probably wouldn't have the billionaires we've got unless these jackasses are from 3515. <laughs> I was going to say it could have been the aliens, but Tom DeLonge was right. He so. was. <laughs> uh, just just a couple more things, Chris, while we talked about Bill and Ted, because, I mean, I love Bill and Ted, you love Bill and Ted. You were soon to love Bill and Ted. Once you see the other still, two so now I wish we had spent this time actually watching Bill and Ted together. <laughs> but I was true. Well, I was going to say one of the uh, uh, one one of the local bands, uh, Bathroom of the Future, that I'm friends with, have a song called "Watching Bill and Ted Outside." Have you heard it? Oh, I have not. 
Yeah, it's a, you can you can look it up on streaming. It's about going to the drive-in theater to see the third Bill and Ted movie. It's it's charming. It's fantastic. But the other so, thing I want to ask you about is Bill and Ted, to a smaller degree than most of our beloved franchises, actually did break out into. They had a few video games. They had uh, comic books. Uh, they had they uh, a Saturday morning TV show and some action figures. I think there was a breakfast cereal, um, and they had a live action show briefly. Did you partake in any of that stuff? So, um, there was a, a live action TV show. The two guys that played Bill and Ted in the live action TV show did the voices on the Saturday morning show for the second season. The first 10 episodes are actually done by Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Oh, wow. That's, that's so, amazing. Partook in all of that. I bought, you know, a box of Bill and Ted trading cards from Pro Set. The cereal was from Ralston. I actually, in the other room, I have a bo- unopened box of Bill and Ted cereal that still has the little face. <laughs> Yes. Um, they did have action figures. I do have the two pack that has Bill and Ted that you can plug into a Walkman. Excellent. Um, yes, I, I I am obsessed. I don't know if you can see. I am wearing my St. Demas High School football rules shirt. Absolutely. This uh, my uh, my buddy Scott Boyne, who um, was in the Amino Acids, uh, he would do one off screen prints of shirts, and I'd asked him to screen print me one of these. He said I won't ever print it for anyone else. And then Bubba McKenzie from uh, the Bump and Uglies is like. I know it was Chris. Just tell him you're making me one. <laughs> like, yeah, Bubba can have one too. Yeah, there is actually um that that reference is actually also a title of an Atari song, but I don't know if it has anything to do with Bill and Ted. Like, sure, it's like context in the song itself. Yeah. So when I saw the shirt, I was like, "Wait a minute, is that a Bill and Ted reference?" It is. It yeah. is, and there is no way that that band did it without it. Be it is an iconic from the yep. movie yeah <laughs> i just wonder if like the song itself like the lyrics and stuff do any are talking about bill and ted and i just don't know maybe oh that, I'm, I'm confused i have to see well yeah. you'll have to watch the movie and i'll have to listen to the song there we go notes. <laughs> it, and Did again i just want to show you so far reaching like so many people love bill and ted in so many subtle ways that you might not have even realized how it is has permeated the culture it so is a silly franchise about two knuckleheads who almost fail uh, high school history ends up being a thing that so many of us latch on to. Now, with that in mind, is is Bill and Ted the reason why everyone got into Keanu in the first place? I think so. I think that's pretty much Keanu's first big role that we all recognize him from. I would think it was River's Edge. Maybe. Um, because I know, like mine is Matrix. Like I didn't see him until way later. (laughs) Which is funny that the first time I saw Matrix, I actually thought it was a a, a haphazard sequel to Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, they also had was much better. (laughs) They had Keanu in the Much Ado About Nothing Shakespeare adaptation as the villain, and but the way that he portrays it, he sounds like like the bill and ted side of it where he sounds like dopey and stonery and it's hard to take him seriously that's so like I, my actually i think that might be the first exposure i had to him because i remember going i can't watch this guy in anything right that He's was awful for a long time and up to the first matrix we were like yeah. oh it's keanu whoa whoa yeah. i he i think he's definitely He's definitely grown out of it. Like, you don't want a John Wick movie going, oh, he's going to go, whoa, dude. (laughs) Right. But, but, you know, you figure he goes from uh, the the Bill and Ted movies, and then shortly after that was Point Break. Yeah. 
So we're that I same also have not seen. Okay, I'll put that on the list. You've we're not, not list. seen the original Point Break? I haven't seen either. So I know there's like a reboot version of it or whatever. I get the Iron Man joke to uh, Thor. That yeah. is it. That is my basis oh. of knowing what Point Break is. We have a dry erase board on the fridge that is now just movies. Yep. And every time that there's a movie, he realizes I don't watch. He writes it's it down. on the board. And then when we have a night where we're going to watch a movie, go to the board and find a movie. I'm still damaged after watching Strange, Strange Days, honestly. So I'm like, sorry. Yes, I just watched Strange Days for our uh, Patreon really podcast. <laughs> I remember yeah, really I, liking that movie. It, it was good. It was just, there was a lot of tra- traumatic things in it at the same time. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in probably easily twenty years, but yeah, I yeah. remember really like. There's there's a lot of uh, like there's a lot of rape and and oh, there's a correction. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a there's a first person rape scene in the middle of the movie that I don't know is I like I don't want to give away all our my Patreon exclusive opinion yeah. for our double feature, but I will you know up front there's a rape scene in the beginning and and near the end there's like a police brutality scene that really. Feels odd in 2023. Yeah, but though the, the one thing that's, that's a really funny thing to me, the Go one ahead. thing that's really funny is that one of the callers on the radio when he's driving says something about it's got to be the end of the world because everything sucks and gas is over three dollars a gallon. And you laughed. I did. <laughs> I'm like, man, we had five when I turned 18. Right. Gas was 90 cents a gallon when I started driving a car. I remember when I was a kid, it was like 94, 95 cents. It started getting over a dollar when I was like, you know, in like that eight, nine, ten. Yeah. But by the time that I was able to drive and had a car, it was like four sixty five. So Woo-hoo, that sucked. <laughs> well, Chris, before Just we let- I do want to I, I do want to go back real quick and touch on um, yeah. where you had mentioned the questionable things in strange days. It's. It's sort of disheartening, but I'm glad we've caught up and realized these things are horrible. But even when you said, oh, that's in there, I was like, oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Because there were so many questionable things in movies of that time period. Oh, for sure. That we completely reject now. But when you go back and look at those things, you're like, oh, oh, how did we ever think that that was okay? Right. And and I'm grateful that there is nothing really like that in the Bill and Ted movies. There is one thing. One thing that I wish wasn't there because I was like, oh, they actually got by by doing pretty much everything right. Yeah. One moment where something happens, he thinks, Bill thinks Ted is dead, they hug, they release each other, and then use a slur. They do. Oh, no. It's true. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, man. But aside from that, that movie pretty much does most things right other than that pretty good but, then they don't have to worry about being traumatized by no not by bill and ted <laughs> no no not by bill and ted no so before we let you go chris usually i like to do a segment called what have we learned where i'll quiz acronym about things we've learned about bill and ted uh this week our what have we learned is going to be a little different this is um so there are eight historical figures in bill and ted and as we mentioned earlier bill and ted and doctor who kind of share a dna uh there are let me count Four of those figures have appeared in both Doctor Who and Bill and Ted. Okay. And I'm wondering between the two of you if you guys can can guess which ones have not have appeared in both or have not appeared. Okay. So I'll name them individually 
And then you and Chris both, uh, you, you can deliberate if you want to and then figure out, do you think those guys are in both or are they only in one or the other? Okay. So okay. I've, I've never seen Doctor Who. So I'm right. going in fairly cold in that way. I mean, I'll know all the historical pictures that Bill and Ted. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. So it basically, I have to remember if it was in Doctor Who. You have to remember if it was in Bill and Ted. And then we go final answer. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Team effort. Team effort. All right. We'll start with Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid is in Bill and Ted. Yes, he is. Uh, I don't remember any Westerns. Any Westerns in Doctor Who? No. Billy the Kid was only in Bill and Ted. Okay. So you guys got that one right for sure. Uh, Rosa Parks. Not in Bill and Ted. She may have been in Doctor Who, but I don't know if I saw one with her in it. So if it, it was, it would have been with the woman doctor. Yeah. That's my guess. That's your guess? Yeah. That's the correct yes. Yep. <laughs> See, there you go. Game's a little difficult, but not too difficult. Um, Napoleon. Yeah. Napoleon Bonaparte. Definitely a villain tad, yes. I feel like he had to be. There's no way. He was in both. He okay. was actually, uh, Napoleon was <laughs> We're in the- We're doing pretty good at this. In the 1964 uh, Reign of Terror story. Which I never Dr. saw, but I just was- but There's no way that Napoleon wasn't in Doctor Who. Valid guess. I bet he wasn't nearly as funny in Doctor Who. Probably Probably not. not. No, definitely <laughs> not. He just shoving his hand in his jacket. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, Sigmund Freud. Was in Bill definitely and Ted. Definitely in Bill and Ted. But was he ever in Doctor Who? No. That's just my gut. Yeah. I, I, I don't think so because then they would have to talk about sex in Doctor Who. Okay. Well, Sigmund Freud was actually in two of the audiobooks. Okay, that's kind of cheap, though. Does that count? <laughs> Sigmund Freud has appeared in both Bill and Ted and Doctor Who. <laughs> All right, we'll go with uh, just a couple more here. Because if about, we're counting uh, the audiobooks, then you could probably stump me by hitting some of the historical figures that are in the cartoon. Right. For Bill and Ted. That's true. See, I did find an easy uh, list of everyone who was in a Doctor Who, but I could not find an easy list of Bill and Ted. Ah. Uh, because uh, like it cartoon. goes crazy in the in the cartoon because they're the going comics. somewhere different. The, the Marvel movie. comics, they went everywhere. Yes. All right, let's say uh, um, Vincent Van Gogh. Yes. Not in Bill and Ted. Not in Bill and Ted, but in Doctor Who. Absolutely. That's like my favorite episode of Doctor Who. It's so... <laughs> there you go. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Definitely in Bill and Ted. I would have to assume yes. That is correct. Abraham Lincoln showed up in the 1965 story, The Chase. Okay. Once again, not one I saw. <laughs> I did not go back that far. I went Christopher Eccles didn't do... Uh... <laughs> the, that's, uh, that's another thing. One of, one of Lincoln's lines in Bill and Ted is four score and 20 minutes ago. Ah. A score is like 20 years. So right. that doesn't like, what? 80 <laughs> years and 20 minutes ago? Exactly. We embarked on 80, adventure with Bill and Ted. years and 20 like, minutes ago. <laughs> so even as a kid, when you say, what, what did you learn? Like, did you learn real history or anything? I remember seeing that and going, no. I feel like that would be the thing now is that like watching it in 2023, I probably would start going, wait a minute. And then Googling things immediately. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. That's not correct. Right. And the thing is, is like, actually, Tony found this very funny is that I said that at one point I wanted to be a history teacher. That went completely off the board as I got older. But at that thing is that I was obsessed with Jeopardy. 
So I don't, I'm wondering how much I actually will know is wrong just based on right. Just that's while you're watching, it's like no, that I isn't better so, yet. I have so many useless things in my head. It's not even funny. Like so many useless things. I cannot remember what I ate for breakfast, but I can sing a country song from 1994 <laughs> verbatim. Like it's not normal. That is why. <laughs> that is why we all get along. Yes, because all yeah, of us absolutely. Are- all of us have useless things in our heads Yay. and we enjoy talking about them. Chris, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, So uh, as always, I would generally plug uh, Comics and More at 28059 John R. Road, Madison Heights, Michigan. Not really working on any crazy projects at the moment. So I guess uh, just come in into the comic shop and talk about uh, Bill and Ted or any other uh, <laughs> random fun topic. I and, always, I, you can always tell uh, when I'm missing an issue from my my own local comic store. It's usually when I show up. <laughs> yeah, yes, but then but then we get to talk all kinds of random nonsense that I love. We it. do, and, and really... if we do find you on social, make sure to look out for any random signings that happen because you tend to bring random people in sometimes. That's true. We, we that's do. where I met Danhausen. So <laughs> it is. Yeah, we've had Danhausen in there. What Will Wheaton has been in the store. We've had Voyager three play a set in the store. Yeah, we've had some really really fun stuff going on in there. Actually, so I don't have a date yet, but um, take take a close look because we are uh, hoping to promote um, uh, Don Ruggio, uh, Mess Bucket Comics, uh, uh, issue about Darren McCarty. And Excellent. we're hoping to get Darren into the store to do a sign. We don't have a date yet. I was just talking with Dom about it on Friday. So Awesome. I watch, actually watch photographed some of those jerseys for him at one point, so I know him pretty well. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Right on. Yeah. Everybody in this town knows everybody else. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. Like Especially that. the nerdy groups. We all know each other. Yep. Uh, yes. So, so make, sure, make sure you're following Comics and More on uh, Facebook or uh, any of the other social media so you can keep up with that stuff. And uh, like Chris said, Come in and talk to him. He's a fun guy, as you can see right here. <laughs> it, absolutely. I do what I can. Thanks, Chris. So guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, acronym, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you think about Bill and Ted. Yes. There we go. I will have to watch it and then That's... give my my response on the next show or something. There you go. Awesome. You go. Awesome. All right. So much fun to talk to uh, Mr. Chris Brown of Comics and more about Bill and Ted. That's like low key one of my probably favorite movie franchises. Yeah, like it's uh, it's funny that and Back to the Future are like both time travel stories mm. that hit you and you're like at just the right age. It's really silly because of how much I like history and how much I like stoner people. You'd think that I would have watched this by now. But that's yeah, that's the fascinating thing too is that. It's really, it's never, I don't think there's a joke about them doing drugs in either. No, they just sound like it. Yeah, they're just dumb. Yeah. (laughs) They say, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to watch, we're going to watch both the Bill and Ted movies and you're going to understand where, uh, what's his face from Stranger Things comes from. Yeah. Argyle? Argyle. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be like, oh, so that actor was just like, just watch Bill and Ted and was like, be like those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, check out uh, Chris's store, Comics and More. Very cool comic store here in the Motor City. And um, before we wrap the show up, as always, it's time for our serotonin boost. Did you want to go first this week? Sure. Uh, so this morning, I got a article sent to me from one of my clients. And it said, explore an abandoned slaughterhouse. 
and I start clicking through the images and realize I've been playing in this building for years and did not know it was a slaughterhouse. And I was really tickled by that because yeah. it was like, it's not like there's meat hooks hanging in there or anything else. But the more and more I was just like going through it, I'm like, oh my God, I, I, how did I not know what this building was? They didn't notice the drains in the floor or, or like... It just didn't occur to me. I'd just been in a bunch of random warehouses, but I never thought... Like, I knew what Fisher Body was. Yeah. That was like a, a car building planned. But like some of these other ones, it's like you don't really know what their origin is. And I'm not like that much of a nerd. My my nephew Michael basically more so, he'll look up everything before we go anywhere. Yeah. When we used to explore. And uh, I don't do that. I just I just go and I poke around and see what I find. So it's it's really funny that he sent me that today and I've been like diving into all these archives. Um I was really excited because the hard drive that I thought died was not dead. So That's always like such a oh my god, what yeah. is here that no. I haven't thought of for years. Yeah. Now I'm just afraid of turning off the computer without copying everything. So I have yes. to leave the computer on and wait for it to copy over all the way. Right. But uh, yeah, that was my serotonin boost really this week. It was like between the finding out that place was a slaughterhouse and it's been playing in there the whole time and my hard drive being a thing. Right. So it doesn't really like excite anybody else but me, but happy <laughs> for me. <laughs> I don't know if I've used it already uh, since we started the podcast, but my serotonin boost uh, this week is the return of what we do in the shadows for, I believe it's in its fifth season. And uh, we've been catching up as the episodes have been coming out every week on Hulu and it was episode three or four where they had the gay pride parade yeah which was absolutely batshit insane it was like they pulled three episodes into one episode and it's just bonkers and then yeah. after we got done with it I was like why wasn't that the finale <laughs> but yeah. it, it probably coincided with pride every every character in that episode had such a wild arc that it felt like an episode of aqua Teen hunger force yeah it was bonkers but then uh we just watched the we just caught up on the last two weeks and i guess the episode from two weeks ago was the one where uh there they end up on the uh, evening news Yes. And they take over the broadcasts. <laughs> and that was hilarious as well. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, it, it it seems like they're just like, okay, well, what would be really weird for a vampire to do? Yes. And we're gonna we're gonna go send them to do it. Yeah, like the the main concept of both the movie and the show is uh filming vampires like they're on the office and they're all idiots. Yeah. And you don't understand how they haven't revealed themselves to the the public why the public has no idea that vampires are werewolves or any of this stuff actually exists and them kind of stumbling their way through keeping keeping their secrets right exactly and they have one they have one former human he's not human anymore but he was their familiar and it's like because the whole show is based on like that there's a camera crew following him around and they're talking even his family Guillermo's family is just like acceptant there's a camera crew there with him yeah and they're just like, they're still making that documentary about the railroad? Because he told his family he works for the railroad, so he worked nights. Yeah. And it's really because he's with these vampires. Like, what does Guillermo sleep, that poor man? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's very, uh, it, 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 it will pull you in with the charm of a bunch of idiot vampires, especially if you've played any tabletop games with vampires, as I know King Mob and myself have. But then it really has sticking powder power in that it's very 
heartfelt. Um, like every every character has, they're all terrible to each other, but they all have a, a special kinship with each other. And at the same time, uh, every season, they'll reveal a new like interest or part of somebody's character. Like I was saying earlier, I love that the Laszlo character this season has gone full mad scientist and is yeah. just all about science, but it's yeah. like insane 16th century science. Yeah, he's got like energy transfer machines and things like that. And uh, John Slattery popped up in one of the episodes we were watching. He like ran over one of the vampire's feet and then he starts talking to him. But because the one guy's an energy vampire... And the more interest he's being told, he's like slowly dying. Yes. And it's just, it's great in general. <laughs> it's a really fun show. I recommend it very much to anybody that likes watching sitcoms. Yeah. And that's going to do it for this week's really big fan pod. Thanks again, Chris, for uh, hanging out with us this week. And thank you guys for watching us on Twitch on Wednesday mornings at uh, 1130. And for anyone who's downloaded the podcast, we appreciate you as well. We do have a Patreon page over at patreon.com backslash really big fan pod. That is where you can get the aforementioned Patreon exclusive really big fan pod double feature where myself and Mike Pandoff are talking all about movies. And yeah, maybe somebody in the chat said a new pa- new podcast, Acronyms High History. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll put that up on the uh, Patreon. That could definitely be funny. I just get like completely bonkers just get- high and talk about music. Or or history, or you just history, get, get yeah. blitzed and then try and uh, try and tell us about history. I mean, that's just like drunk history, though. I need to kind of to add something a little different to it. I'll, I'll uh, workshop it. Yeah, workshop it. Absolutely. <laughs> Follow us on social media at Really Big Fan Pod and uh, check out our nonstop garage sale over on uh, eBay. Also at Really Big Fan Pod. We will catch you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>
So you have no problem with me stealing your jokes, just not leaning in on bits. Got it. <laughs> saying there are hard rules. I'm just you know, you're making this up as you go. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh-huh. 